0: The in-dash OLED display in the Cadillac Escalade has 38 total diagonal inches of color display. So why do we give it a curve too? I guess you could say we like to bend the rules. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade, never stop arriving. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. Let's say you make it to the top. What's next? Relish in the glory of your accomplishments? Okay, sure, for a minute, but then you move forward. Take the 2021 Escalade. Cadillac's newest arrival is more than just a celebration of iconic luxury. It's the most technologically advanced Escalade ever. Because arriving is just the beginning. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Woohoo! I'm at CPAC. This is so exciting. I'm really. I'm really thrilled to be here. I can't wait for you all to hear the panel we have here at CPAC is going to be extraordinary. We're talking about all the stories that I have been breaking over the last three years and everyone else on the Russia hoax. What did it mean step by step? Ukraine, uh, the impeachment scam, sham, scam, whatever you want to call it. And I want you to be a part of it. So we are doing a special Sarah Carter show podcast straight from CPAC for you. I've got Doug Collins and another very special guest. So keep listening. And we also have, by the way, President Donald Trump will be at CPAC. So this is very exciting. Uh, There is so much happening. It's busy here. There's lots of commotion. Radio shows, radio stations lined up on Radio Row, ready to interview everybody and anybody. And we'll be bringing special guests to you, too, from CPAC here at the National Harbor in Maryland. It's very exciting at the Gaylord Convention Center. So if you want to know more about CPAC, too, and you want to hear... uh, Uh, how it's all put together, what it means, and particularly what it means for 2020, you can listen to another podcast, my interview with Matt Schlapp and Mercedes Schlapp, the powerhouse conservative couple. Uh, Matt has been working um, extraordinarily hard on CPAC this year. A lot of incredible guests that will be coming the most uh, spectacular guest of all, though, for everybody here at CPAC, of course, will be President Donald Trump. And we look forward to hearing him, and I look forward to you hearing this next panel ladies and gentlemen here to tackle the coup rosenstein and comey the empire strikes back please welcome sarah carter and congressman doug collins Wow, what a crowd. Hey, man.
1: Are we all ready for this? Is CPAC ready?
0: I like the Star Wars introduction. I love it. I love it. We're tackling the Empire, and it's felt that way, actually. Yeah, the the Empire
1: struck back, but the Death Star blew up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, first... The shift star, how about that?
0: Oh, yeah, maybe a little bit of that. I don't know. (laughs) You know, Congressman uh, Collins and I had actually quite a great time. We did a podcast together, and the focus was of course, the Russia investigation that launched me over three and a half years ago on this journey to where we've culminated right now, and then the great work that Congress has been doing to actually expose what has happened in our country, which is probably one of the biggest stories in American, modern American political history for that matter, and one that actually has not ended As of yet, Um, there's so much more to do, and there's so much more that needs to be exposed. And the American people need to know the truth and need to know what happened. So that's why we're here today, and I'm going to give it up to Congressman Collins so he can fill you in on what Congress is doing. Hey, Well, I
1: love y'all too. It's good to see y'all. All right, well, it's good to be here today. And, um, I mean, look at what's happened, Sarah, and we've talked about this for a little bit. Over the past three years, I always like to say, when we go back to this, I always like to say it started with tears in Brooklyn. That night where they had the wonderful candidate who lost, thank God, uh, Hillary Clinton. But actually, it started before then, because they never wanted to even get to the time of, of the loss of the election. So from my perspective in the judiciary mean, what we've been seeing for the last, you know, three-plus years, even when it was pre- the candidate Trump, when right. we started seeing that the underbelly, really, of a corrupt part, and I call them the corrupt cabal, struck McCabe, Comey, Page, you know, Rhodeside, all these folks who, who had determined that they knew better than the American people. They knew better than what that to take and say, we're going to try and find a way to stop this man. And when we see this happening, they not only said that from their own political views, they actually, what we're seeing now actually took steps to do that within the confines of their job. And that's FISA, and that's those warrants, the Carter Page. Look, Carter Page, and why we're dealing with FISA right now in Congress is so important, because you never get the Carter Page, you never get the Russia investigation, and this country would have been saved from three years of a witch hunt that started.
0: It, absolutely. It, he's right about Carter Page. You know, I agree with you. Um, I want to I remind people of how this all began, and it's exactly what the Congressman has pointed to. Uh, I can tell you about three and a half years ago, nearly four years ago, when I first started reporting on, uh, I I would call it the Russia hoax, but back then, we didn't know, right? Back then, even when John Solomon and I began reporting on this, uh, what we were looking at was indiscrepancies within the FBI, situations that didn't seem quite right within the NSA, uh, and the very first story, I was, I was reviewing it this morning, saying, how did this all start? And I remember one of the very first stories that we broke was a story on surveillance. The Obama administration, basically in October 2016, had basically gone to the FISA courts and admitted, admitted that the system had basically been abused. The courts were stunned. They wrote a report saying that the lack of candor was unbelievable and there were serious violations of the Fourth Amendment. Serious violations. That means that during the time of the Obama administration, Americans' information was actually being accessed illegally. They were just stepping all over the Constitution. Now, we knew this was happening before, but we didn't know to what extent. When that began to unravel, when those documents became public, no longer classified, and we started to report on that, that's when sources started creeping out of the woodwork and saying, wait a minute, you don't know how bad this is. You don't know how far this has gone. And I gotta tell you, when I first started investigating Andy McCabe, the FBI, Um, All of the same players you see now publicly, I was having a hard time believing that this could actually happen in the United States of America. But what I didn't know then was how far it went and the reasons that it went that far. And that was actually to stop then-candidate Donald Trump from ever becoming president. And if he did become president, was to get him removed from office. And when that truth became evident, I got to tell you, it was a really rough time. We really had to have the facts before us. And I think, Congressman, it was also tough on Congress trying to access those documents, trying to get the truth out. I don't know if you felt that way. I know that was... For me, that was really difficult. Well,
1: it was, and, and I want everybody in here to understand this. This was something that was it was done. It was it was it was calculated. It was something that that they had begun this process and these investigations. I mean, to even what you referenced in October that year, where they admitted that there were uh, some problems before the FISA court was basically a cover their rear end situation. Right. They didn't admit it. For, but let me just tell you, for everybody here, they went after Candidate Trump, but really and truly, you know what they were trying to stop is you, and you would not let them. And I think that's what we got to remember. They wanted to stop you. The swamp wanted to stop you. They wanted to stop you from electing this president, and they couldn't do it. So what we've got to do now though, and let's take a step back. You know, they they struck back, they did everything they could, and it's amazing to me. I'm 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 very content to have Comey, you know, take pictures of trees. That's about all the sense that he makes most of the time. (laughs) Um, you know, as we go forward. But what do we do, you know, now to expose this and then have this, you know, not happen again? I agree with the president. This should never happen to another president. But I'm going to take it a step further. It should never happen to another American citizen the way this is done. So,
0: I agree.
1: So when you look at it and, and you go forward, you really have to wonder how did the politicization of this uh, process become? And I think that's what we've been exposing when we started, when I started releasing transcripts a little over a year ago. You started getting the peel of the back, the, the the page of what we're actually seeing here, and I think that's become the biggest issue in not only this election, it is not only the, the election that we had in 16, but also when you take in the Mueller report, what a waste of time! You know what a just an and amazing
0: dollars. taxpayer
1: dollars. To come to something right? we knew already, based on faulty information from a faulty dossier, was brought before a court and should have never been there. That's why, when I said earlier, when we first started this, and some of you go back and you know check your notes, the, when we go back to the Carter Page issue, when we start, when we really started getting the FISA court, that should have never happened, and it just continued this process that we see that ended up in this basically two-year nightmare of the Mueller report, all the things that we saw, and then when they couldn't do that, right? When they couldn't do that, when Mueller went before the committee and basically. Well, you know what he did. Um, They said, oh, my God, what do we do? What do we do? And then it just transitioned then into this sham impeachment from this fall. Like I said, I've come to the conclusion, I've said this many times before, he may not like it, I don't care. Adam Schiff can't spell truth, much less tell it. Um, You know. And Jerry Nadler, unfortunately, is being led around most of the time by Adam Schiff. and And that's become a problem. But as I've jokingly said, truth will always prevail. Somebody, a reporter once asked me, and I think we talked about this at the time, they said, Doug, how do you get up and fight, and how does Devin and, and Jim and all these others, how do we fight this? It's easy. We have the truth.
0: That's it. And when you have
1: the truth, that's all that matters
0: as we go forward. I want to I touch on a point that you just made, Congressman, which I think is so important. We talk about Carter Page and how that FISA document, those documents that we've seen that expose the truth, that we know now there was basically warrantless surveillance on him. They had altered documents uh, in an effort to spy, not on Carter Page, but on the Trump campaign. Because I want you to remember, they're not just listening to Carter Page's phone calls or his emails. They have secondary and tertiary access, which means anybody that Carter Page is talking to, anybody from there on and who they are speaking with. So they're able to access all of these documents. But it's not just about Carter Page. Remember what um, FISA court then, uh, Judge Rosemary Collier, said when this was discovered. How many more applications have been falsified before the court? Mm -hmm. How many more have been altered? So we look at the fact that they weaponized the system. Uh, It was a political espionage. They weaponized it for political purposes. But then I have to ask myself, Congressman, how much further did this go? How many more applications, if we sift through it, we know Michael Horowitz right now, the Inspector General, is actually investigating this, he's actually looking at this, because this is far beyond just one political party going after another political party. This is about basically stepping on the U.S. Constitution and... Working against the American people, we've never seen anything like this in our modern history. Mm-hmm. So, what is Congress going to do? I know that visa reform uh, and reauthorization mm-hmm. is coming up. I think on Mar- uh, March 15th, correct? Well,
1: it's part it's of the. It's the sunset of, yeah, it's clause. Of, yeah, sunset are.
0: The sunset clause. So, what is Congress going to do about this now? Are we just going to let this just slide by and continue as is, or is Congress actually going to do something and say, "Wait a minute"? This is not acceptable. We are not going to allow the American people or our Constitution to be torn up like this.
1: Well, what we saw yesterday was the uh, interesting that the Judiciary Committee, Chairman Nadler, pulled the bill. We were supposed to actually develop. Now, I have been furious with this, because last year when all he was focused on was the impeachment and the sham impeachment and getting witnesses, having law professors come tell us about what their version of the law was and um, having staff testify. It was just a joke, I mean, when you get, really get into it. And I told him back then. I said we needed. There's some issues that need to be reassessed uh, because the FISA Court. There are parts of it that really do work for terrorists across. You know where we track them. You know so they have roving wiretaps. We can keep right. up with them. There are parts of it that need to be, but it needs to be changed. So what has happened was is when we re- renewed it for this 90 days, basically, we said my help to him was said. Let's investigate. Let's see how we can do this. Let's take the Horowitz report. Let's apply the Horowitz report, the lessons learned, even further into investigations and do this. What did we do? Shockingly, nothing. Here's what happened. Jerry Nadler and the rest of the Democrats do not want to have to admit that these investigations occurred. They don't want to have to admit that FISA was abused. So what do they do? They do like everybody I've seen in the Democratic Party lately. They stick their head in the sand and only blame Trump when they ought to have a meeting to say, let's fix this because it doesn't matter. And I'm going to say this. It doesn't matter Republican or Democrat in the White House. They should never have to worry about their FBI or their intelligence communities going after them. Right. That should never have to happen. So, so here's what here's what I'm doing. I have said that there's got to be reform. We have got to look at ways to make this a process that can't be politicized, and we also got to make it where it can still be used. But I will do not this. I'm promising you here. I've told the, our conference this, and I said this out yesterday when I was furious that they stopped this uh, markup. I am not going to trade off the easy uh, extensions. not doing anything with FISA. We have to do something with FISA, and the House needs to do it, and the Senate needs to take it up, and we need to send it to the President so we know that this will not happen again.
0: I think think there's nothing more that we can expect than Congress actually do its job, (laughs) you know, uh, and make sure that this does not happen again. And the reason I say this, and it sounds so crazy, because everybody asks me every time I run into someone, Sarah, is anyone going to be indicted? Is anything going to happen? Yeah. You know? I believe that once we saw the text messages between Peter Strzok and Lisa Page, once Andy McCabe was fired for basically lying four times to federal investigators, three times under oath, what do you think would happen to you if you were taken into questioning by the FBI and you lied to them Three times.
1: Sarah, let me tell you, Michael Flynn.
0: That's right. That's there we right. go. That's what happens. And, yeah. and that's exactly what happened to Michael Flynn. We've seen it happen to, uh, and look, Lieutenant General Michael Flynn is a perfect example of, of the system, and it's ripe for abuse. And the, uh, the abuse of prosecutors within the DOJ who basically have endless purses, endless money, and if you think it can happen to you, it can When you don't have any more money to pay an attorney, when you're being threatened or your family's being threatened with prosecution, I mean, it's very easy to turn around and say, you know what, okay, I'm guilty, I'm guilty of one count of lying, even though you said I was not guilty of it, even though you knew I never lied, I'm going to go ahead and say that. Are you going to leave my family alone? And now we've seen with recent documents, the Foreign Intel, uh, uh, actually through FOIA, Mm. through Freedom of Information Act, that George Papadopoulos had basically cooperated with the FBI the entire time. Mm. Yep. And that he was willing to give all kinds of information, yet he faced jail time and he went to jail.
1: Well, see, and, and that's the part of the problem. Sorry, let me interrupt here. Because I think what, we, what you have to understand is, is the, the left and the media will not want you to hear this. Okay? They, they want to distract and say this was an investigation and there's a little things that were a problem, but, but not this massive conspiracy. And that's just where they're wrong. Okay, when you look at the fact that when they went before the FISA court, they did not include exculpatory information. Bruce Ohr never told uh, the fact that the, you know, the, the giving back the information was paid for by Democrats, uh, operatives in Clinton campaign, and they never said that that information was going back to them. When you understand the, the, the dynamics here, my question is, and look, I think uh, for many ways that Bill Barr is doing a great job in, in getting this cleaned up as best he can. I do believe, however, that McCabe should have been prosecuted. I mean, it, it, let's just be honest. They may have lost it in court. I mean, look, I've been on both sides, prosecutor and defense attorney. They may have lost in court, but there says something about the American judicial system that says if you lie, get this, he lied to his own colleagues. He did. This is, I mean, this is is family lying here.
0: And he was held to a higher standard. Exactly. He was the deputy director of the FBI. If you can't expect the deputy director of the FBI or the director of the FBI to tell the truth, how can they expect anyone else? Yeah, they when they ran a culture of corruption at the FBI.
1: So Durham is now, I think the next page is, is look, I'm disappointed in that. We move forward, but we're not going to, and you're not going to allow that to, to be left out. I think this is what we need to say. Durham is investigating. We're seeing a lot going on there. He's been, uh, Bill Barr has expanded his reach, which I think is great in the intel community with the grand juries and everything else. But let me just say something. When we talk about this, and, and you're here because you're passionate about this but when you go out and talk to people who may not want to hear this, you've got to start, and conservatives, we've got to be less boring. Okay? (laughs) I am tired of conservatives saying, well, here's a great economy, here's this, but the left is bad. I mean, how many times have you seen conservatives do this? No, conservatives, time to get on your feet and passionately explain why this matters. It matters for our country.
0: That's for sure. <laughs> well, you definitely it. got them on their feet. All right. And we do have to hold people accountable. Look, I have a lot of faith, in it, and it, I know I get asked this all the time on Sean's show. What do you think? Do you think he's going to do the job, Sarah? Is John Durham, what are you hearing from your sources? Look, I believe that Attorney General uh, William Barr and that prosecutor John Durham are going to do the right thing. Why do I say that? Yep because I have to have faith in the American system. I have to believe that we are not like those countries that I have covered in the past when I've covered you know, Afghanistan or Pakistan or have traveled to Iraq and have gone into war zones where their intelligence agencies yep. and their justice system uh, as well as their law enforcement was filled with corruption where the government would fight itself And when I saw that starting to happen here, and I said, why? How could this be happening in the United States? I had to take a step back and say, I believe the system is going to work. The fact that Attorney General William Barr is in place, the fact that he appointed very reputable, very credible prosecutor, John Durham from Connecticut, and the fact that I know he's been at the Pentagon, he's been overseas in Italy, in England, everywhere that all of the major players were, like our famous Stefan Halper, the spy, Joseph Mifsud, the other spy in Italy. The fact that he's gathering intelligence and gathering information from those parts of the world and has spent time here actually questioning the CIA tells me that he's on the right track and that he's doing his job. So yes, I do have faith that William Barr and John Durham are gonna do their job. I have to. That if they don't, we have to hold them accountable, and we can't be afraid to speak out. Exactly. I,
1: you know what Sarah just said is so important because you know, a, look, my background. We talked about it. I'm a trooper's kid from North Georgia. I mean, I fought the law every day when I was growing up, and the law won every time. I mean, you know, <laughs> six foot two, 235 pounds with a 357 on his hip. I mean, you know, I, I didn't have a chance. I was a scrawny kid. I mean. That's the same dad who taught me you know, that uh, the, how to operate a firearm and gun control is actually you know, hitting what you aim at, you know, those kind of things. <laughs> um, the, I think there's some folks in the house that understand that. But what, I, what we have happening here and what I think is so very interesting that you just brought out is we are the ones who believe in this system. We're the ones who believe the founders when they said we the people. We are the ones who actually believe in the government that has been set up. And if we don't hold them accountable, if we don't have that faith, and then when mistakes are made, then we correct those things. When we don't do that, you can't give up, because this is the best country in the world. We cannot give up on it. Liberals give up on us. Conservatives don't give up.
0: I always say that. You know, a lot of people think, and I think you brought it up when we were first uh, discussing this, that about Donald Trump, President Donald Trump, Mm -hmm. but it was always the American people, you know? Everybody had said, President Trump, the disruptor. I said, no, the disruptors were the American people Mm. that stood up, made their vote count, say, we're not gonna take this anymore. We don't like the way Washington is being run. We think it's a swamp, and maybe this guy can do the job. Maybe he can clean it up and clean house. (laughs) And guess what? He was the right man at the right place at the right time in history, That's and right. he's done that.
1: That's exactly right.
0: I really yeah. believe that. I mean,
1: when, when you're looking at it, when you're, at, you're standing there, and, you, you know, and look, what happened, in, and this is why this election you know, matters as they all do, in 2018, uh, the Democrats went out and convinced uh, enough seats to flip the House. At that moment, impeachment became their reality. They had nothing else. Don't give me this, Speaker Pelosi, that, oh, we didn't come here to impeach the president. Yes, you did, okay? And if you don't believe it, just listen to your own members. But it's been easy, when, as hard as the last year and a few months have been, and believe me, this swamp has fought back. They they don't like it. But the thing about it is, is the president and has stood strong. It's been easy to defend a president. It's been easy to go out and fight these battles every day when you actually believe in what happened. When you go to see people across the country, when they hear the president talk about them, when he puts their issues first, when he, in the midst of it, now think about this. We're talking about the empire striking back. We're talking about them the going after him. But yet he has endured that. And at the same time, he is taking care of people through tax reform. He's taking care of those that have been incarcerated and says, we're going to give you a second chance when they come back. That was the stuff that I worked on that he took on. That's why people love this president. They love this president because he looks out and he sees an America with all its you know, panoramic of color and all its panoramic of diversity, and he says, this is my country, and I'm the president of America, and I'm going to represent them.
0: That's right. You know, this is about the American people. It's not about. Yeah, I want to take a step back. I want you to think about what former CIA Director John Brennan, James Comey. Really...
1: <laughs> Speaking you of know, Darth
0: Vader. <laughs> speak... Eric Holder. Oh, I know. Susan Rice.
1: There are just so
0: many of them. You know, Ooh, how they. And I thought the clown Hillary car- Clinton. What like you don't want her to come back yeah. into the race?
1: Yeah. Um, I thought the clown car this year on Democratic uh, nominees <laughs> was bad. Now we just brought up the rest of the clown uh, car. Oh no!
0: But the reason I bring up this clown car is because these were senior-level officials in the United States government that have tarnished, have tried to tarnish, the American people and our own system of government. They don't care when they go out there and they disparage the administration or the White House, they don't care when they go out there and call you deplorables and call the, you know, put the American people down. They believe that they know what's best for you. They believe that you cannot make up your mind for yourself, that you're not smart enough to elect the appropriate president that they deem is necessary to run this country. This is how they think. what makes it so amazing, it's not about President Look, President Trump, and I've spoken to him a few times and done a few interviews with him, he wants to do what you want. That's the difference. He wants to hear the American people speak up. What do you want for your country? What is it you would like us to do? You want us to clean up the swamp? We're gonna clean up the swamp, yep. right? You want us to expose fraud? We're going to expose fraud. You want us to deregulate? We're going to deregulate. You need more monies? You need more jobs? Back in America? Let's do it. Let's bring the jobs back to America. And that's what's important here. And that's what makes our nation so great, is that we swung back. And if he would not have won this election, everything that has been exposed over the last three and a half years would have actually been hidden from you. We would have never known the extent of abuse that occurred during the Obama administration. And for that, I'm eternally grateful.
1: Yep. I want to that I agree with you. Sarah's perfect right there. But I want to show you, not only have the Democrats and liberals, you know, have attacked our institution to fit what their vision is. What was really, and we're talking about the Empire Strike, we're talking about the whole mess here. Did y'all catch what actually was so, or frankly, was just disgusting to me during the impeachment? Is when they talked about the issue of President Zelensky, and when they started attacking a foreign leader, calling in my committee, one of them actually uh, compared him to a, a, a battered spouse. When we have de- when we have Democrats on committees who are so opposed to an administration that they're willing to not only attack our institutions, they're going outside and attacking a world leader. If you want to know what will happen if if Donald Trump is not reelected in November, then all you got to do is look at what happened the last four months, and you hear it coming out of their mouth. They're disdained for you, they're disdained for our government, and they're disdained for anything that doesn't fit their pattern, even if it means attacking other world leaders. That can't happen. That's why when the empire struck back, we stepped forward and said, not here. We're not gonna have it here. And Sarah's been leading that charge, it's good to be with.
0: Thank you so much, everyone. Our time's up, but I can't agree with it more. It's been great being with you. Thank you.
1: Appreciate it. Thank y'all. Get up.